Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares... Um, fell during early trade today and that's led by declines from the banks. In early trade, the SDI down 1.2% to 3,143 points after some 53 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, closing numbers are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen right now. The Straits Times Index down 1.54% and we are looking at 3,130 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.25 billion. Lensing dollars. Gainers trailed losers 241 versus 351. Top five movers by value we've got here DBS, OCBC, Singtel, UOB, and Ctrim. Heavily traded securities we've got here Ctrim, Taibev, and Singtel. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Pan United Corporation. The ready mix concrete provider set a partner Cleantech Solar for a project that installs 900 solar panels on top of its. Kaki Bukit Operational HQ in Singapore and the slight grinding plant in Johor, Malaysia. Now, elsewhere from China's investment into the Belt and Road Initiative, rising to the highest since 2018 to a potential IPO by Hyundai Motors, we've got more international headlines in focus. And joining me on the line is Chin Huileong, co founder of The Smart Investor. Chin, welcome. Good evening, everyone. Uh, glad to be back. Great to have you as always. And Chin, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the SDI fed so far uh, given the non-farm payrolls report? And a sidetrack here, we've seen tributes pouring in for the late banking tycoon, uh, Wee Cho Yao, who passed on on Saturday. Any thoughts on the matter? Yeah, so I, I think we've seen a lot of tributes come in for Dr. Wee Cho Yao. And I think the, the fact is uh, words cannot capture the importance of his contributions to Singapore's bank banking industry and the community with large, right? That's why you see so many tributes coming in from uh, many different corners, right? Uh, as an investor, uh, I, I can look at this from an investing point of view. And I, I would say that I love investing in Singapore banks. Uh, I, I, I've gone so far as to not invest in any other mm. place uh, on, on banks. And uh, I, I think Dr. Wee, in this case, has played an enormous role making uh, banks available as public companies. So his mm. family uh, has started the United Chinese Bank back in 1935. Uh, Dr. Wee took over as managing director back in 1960, and his son, uh, Wee Chong, uh, took over as CEO of UOB back in 2007. So it's been an incredible ride for, for banks uh, over 90 years. And I, I think that he has a, a profound impact on the banking industry. I, beyond that, I'll just make a short mention of mm. uh, Jardine and Madison. Yeah. And uh, shares are up 2.7% today. And what I did notice is uh, since 2018, they've been doing a lot of share buybacks. Mm. Uh, to give you a number here, yeah. they've done 1.4 billion worth wow. of uh, share buybacks. Okay. And this is versus their market cap of around 12 billion so it's pretty mm. significant right and let's zoom in on some of the other companies to watch uh, 
action, we do have Pan United Corporation uh, said it will partner Cleantech Solar for a project that installs 900 solar panels. And notably, Cleantech Solar is backed by Capo and Shell Singapore. Now, how has the announcement influenced share price movements today or how significant it is actually? So to answer your question, there's uh, no change in uh, Pan United share price. And I think this is a partnership uh, to install solar panels on mm. its premises. So for me, this is more of an uh, ESG move rather yeah. than you know creating a new uh, revenue stream and all mm. that. So uh, this is a project which is part of a memorandum of understanding which uh, Pan United signed with Shell back in 2022. Yeah. So it's not something that is going to move the needle. Right. And let's stay in Singapore, Chin. The country's retail sales fell 0.4% year-on-year in December, reversing from a 2.4% gain in the previous month. Most industries Mm -hmm. record declines in sales. How would you read into this? What clues can we gather on the Singapore economy? So, Tian you're right. Uh, Absolutely. So, only four out of the 14 industries recorded a gain. And I think it's partly because last year there was an enormous gain uh, as a recovery from the pandemic itself. So, Mm. if you look at the individual sectors, you have optical goods and books, uh, recreational goods. Uh, These two industries are down double digits. You also have uh, furniture, household equipment, mini-marts and convenience stores. These are down high single digits, right? So on the flip side, though, I should mention that uh, motor vehicles are up 24%. And I think that could be very interesting for Jardin Cycle and Carriage. Uh, I also mentioned that in January, yeah. the, I, I think that each household has received uh, CDC vouchers, uh, mm. $200 more compared to last year. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I spent more than half of it. So I'm interested to look at what the retail numbers will look like in January. Mm. Now, since you mentioned that, I'm very curious about the budget wish list and uh, what you're looking at. Any quick thoughts on the matter? I know it's an impromptu question here, though. Yeah, so on the budget itself, uh, I'm interested to know what sort of uh, inflation numbers they are considering for this year and what kind of measures they are going to put in place to keep inflation uh, intact. So I think CDC vouchers are great, but I I don't think they are a long-term solution. Uh, Maybe an unpopular opinion here, but um, I I think that they they have to find other ways to uh, keep inflation in check. And I'm not the expert here, but... uh, Mm. This is one area I'm looking at. The other area would be on healthcare spending. Yeah, uh, it's been rising. I, I think that uh, last budget has been become the largest uh, spend within the government. So, again, I, I think that um, it's an area which I think uh, as Singapore ages, it's yeah. it's a number which just keep keeps on going up, which mm. I'm keeping an eye on. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Chin Hui Leung, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And Chin, in the meantime, across the region, China's investment into Belt and Road Initiative countries rose last year to the highest since 2018. Companies putting almost 50 billion USD into overseas mm-hmm. projects. And this is despite the battles that China is facing on a domestic front. So what do you make of this? Yeah, I think you might be onto something, Tian Tian. So <laughs> in my simple mind... Uh, I think what we see in China today is indigestion, right? Yeah. They they built too much and they're struggling to digest it all. So, uh, you know, the Belt and Road seems to be a way out for them to, you know, put their, their extra capacity to work, so to speak. But the thing here is, uh, I think there's a lot to prove, right? Because uh, they've tried to 
kickstart the Belt and Road Initiative back in October last year. Mm. And I used the word kickstart because uh, it ran into problems in the past, right? Yeah. So since then, uh, you know, Italy has apparently left the table or, or mm. the initiative. And uh, there, there are also countries which are struggling to pay back their debts with yeah. China. And because of that, uh, China is taking over some of these assets, which then creates political problems. So I, I don't know whether this is a way out, yeah. but you know, it doesn't feel to me that if just spending more money outside will actually solve the problem. Right. Now, uh, let's take a look at some corporate news. Chin. Sources said South Korea's uh, Hyundai Moto exploring mm-hmm. an IPO for its Indian unit to raise at least $3 billion US dollars. Now, how much interest will this gather given that it could potentially be India's uh, biggest stock, offering, stock market offering? Yeah, so maybe a bit of background on myself. I, I used to do procurement for the auto industry, wow. and I've uh, visited, <laughs> I've uh, visited uh, roughly more than fifty manufacturing plants across uh, the US, Europe, Asia, including India, and this goes across the supply chain, right? I'll say one thing about the auto industry. Uh, if you've been to a plant before, the equipment used to manufacture some of these uh, parts, for example, uh, engine blocks, they are huge. And it's super expensive, right? <laughs> In other words, mm. you need a lot of capital. You need to keep investing. And more than that, you need volume and enough volume to actually compete effectively with your competitors, right? And if you're talking about volume, India definitely has the volume because it is the third largest um, vehicle or automotive market behind China and the US, right? And this is a market which... You can't be paying or playing for fifth or sixth place. You have to have the volume. And because of that, you have to keep on investing. And that's why I see them uh, thinking about you know, filing and getting more capital for, for this uh, growing market. Right. And let's head over to the US, Chin, and take a look at Boeing as well. Boeing said it'll have to do more work on about 50 undelivered 737 MAX mm-hmm. airplanes, potentially delaying some near-term deliveries. Now, that's after the supplier Spirit Aerosystems discovered some uh, misdrilled holes on fuselages. Mm-hmm. What does yep. this suggest about the near-term investability of Boeing for retail investors? Yeah, so shares of Boeing has been down uh, 16% over the past month. And uh, honestly, I have fi- sort of mixed feelings about this because uh, as a, a passenger, potential user of planes by Boeing, mm. I would love that they take as much time as possible to fix all these issues, right? I, I do not want my do- my my plane door flying off when I'm at 35,000 feet in the air. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that is probably the best Thing they can do. But on the other hand, as an investor, um, you know, there, there are not much alternatives to Boeing. Uh, the other only alternative or viable alternative, I think, is Airbus. So uh, as a company, I, I think that a lot is riding on them to do the right thing. Right. And don't mind me adding one more question here, uh, Chin. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about that hot non-farm payrolls report. And later today, I believe you are seeing earnings out from McDonald's over in the US. What are you expecting? Mm-hmm. Do you expect all to show a similar picture about the US economy? Yeah, so I, I think that uh, unemployment is still low. And uh, because it's low, there's scarcity. Because there's scarcity, uh, wages might go up. And if wages go up, that could be good for consumer spending, right? And I, I think that uh, McDonald's would be a good proxy because... It's uh, something which people would uh, use daily. And to see what type of sales numbers they put up uh, across uh, the U.S., where I believe their largest 
uh, country or con- revenue contributor, mm. and to, to see what sort of sales increases they put up. Uh, will be very interesting. Right, I guess uh, it's an interesting day for markets as well. Thanks a lot, Chin. That was Chin Wei Leung, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.